Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome back to your Corporate Global Dynasty podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hawes. And I'm your host, William Spicer. Spicer, it is the show that everyone's been waiting for all summer long. <sighs> oh, yeah. Football is back. The preseason's rolling. School is back in session. And the boys have their rankings for you today. Heck, yes. I'm so excited. I'm very excited. We're going to... Uh, break into those here in just a bit we'll go over kind of our thought process start at 10 work our way up uh but first we wanted to do just a little housekeeping go over some some notes that have happened since we last met together here with uh our good buddy zach Pittman. uh i traded for Dwayne haskins that's pretty much all that needs to be said for that um yeah that you know it's probably nothing, but yeah, <laughs> I had to do it. Um, we had some other trades. Uh, Ryan had a, a pretty good uh, pickup. Let's see. Do you? You don't have the details on that. Here we go. I do. Oh, you yes. do. Tell me about it. Um, so we have Marley Magic sending two Wyatt Keener's winter faces, Michael Gallup, and Marley Magic's 2022 fourth round pick in exchange for Ronald Jones of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Looking for that running back so desperately needed for the Marley Magic. A savvy move. A great a great trade, and I don't think bad for the winner faces. He's totally fine. Um, that Was worried about probably the running back by committee situation down there in Tampa and just said, I have Eckler now. I'll yep. take so, I'll, we'll, we'll go for something else and get a little younger. Yeah, I think, you know, he's got CD, so just kind of some insurance. Uh, in the Cowboys uh, wide receiver core. And then, like you said, doesn't really need Ronald Jones. He's got pretty deep running backs. And I think uh, this trade happened before I made my rankings. So it, I didn't really take into account, you know, what it would have been like if he didn't have Ronald Jones, but I can definitely say it helped him a lot to sure up that room. Cause that was his biggest struggle last year. He addressed it in the draft and in this trade. So props to you, Marley magic. Yep. Let's see. We also had, uh, you had a trade. You acquired uh, our favorite on notice, uh, maybe bust of the year. I can't remember if he was, I think, no, he, he, what, he was probably honorable mention for that. But Kenyon Drake, you acquired him from the Matriarchs, sending away uh, one promising, maybe not really pr- uh, younger guy, Anthony Miller, and my old, uh, old boy, uh, Randall Cobb. Oh, yes. Yes. And as you know, I tried to trade you uh, Randall Cobb for Julio Jones. Yes. <laughs> Whenever this all went down, I thought, you know what, we'll, we'll, we'll test <laughs> the waters with with the uh, homerism. It was not strong enough. Um, no, you can, I, you can talk on that a little bit. I love Randall <laughs> Cobb. But there's a lot of things I would do to get him on my team, but trading Julio isn't one of them. Although, honestly, I mean, depending on how things go with him and his injuries and the Titans, maybe Randall Cobb has a better season. I don't know. Yeah, I, and Aaron just seems to love the guy. I think he. I think maybe we joked about him getting his video game buddy back, and I think they are living together now. Wait. Like Randall Cobb's living with Aaron Rodgers. Oh, Aaron well, Rodgers, yeah. yeah. For yeah. some reason, I was thinking of Aaron Park. Aaron Park? Park? Like, oh my gosh. I was like, wait, what? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, for sure. You know that if Aaron Rodgers tells like your management team, like, I want that guy, like, I think I would pay attention to that fantasy-wise, like... I know he's old, but still Aaron Rodgers wanted him on the team. So, yeah. And yeah, oh, I mean, I actually, I actually didn't necessarily want to do this, but this was the uh, 
Kenyon Drake, the more I looked, I was like, this, I definitely have like, this is a player that the narrative, when you watch, it is not good. But I think he will be productive in fantasy in that like fourth running back slot. Hmm this season to be like better than having Cobb and Miller and, and like the fact that I got a roster spot. So actually the reason I went to go Mm. trade is I was just looking at the trade board and being like, who is even out there anymore? And I saw him and I was like, and I also saw that Katie had three roster spots open. Ah. And so I was like, Oh, she can afford to take on more people. So like I've, I feel like Kenyon Drake was good for me because I mean, at the end of the day, he's been a top 20 running back the mm-hmm. past three seasons in fantasy. And like for w- what I needed to help out at running back, I think he was, it, it was worth it. Yeah. I think that's a savvy move. A good, uh, good thought for sure on trying to find the open roster spots. Cause we're about to have to cut those down. So a lot of people not looking for a two for one. Yeah, and um, I will say Anthony oh, yeah. Miller. I think Anthony Miller is the most traded player. We'll have to do an Anthony Miller history, a trade history episode at some point because he's been <laughs> yes. traded like four times already for crazy stuff. But and um, I actually still think he could be like he could be something. He's young enough to where he's still a dart throw. That's worth true. Hanging around. Yeah, he's been on four rosters. I can't imagine there's too many guys that have been on five which would be they'd been on half the league's team at some point so you're probably right on that um the biggest trade that we that's we've had i guess maybe this whole off season if not it's got to be up there uh at least since the draft has happened was i sent away jarvis landry josh jacobs and my 2023 third and got back a fourth this year for oj howard and brandon Ayuk. so I'll talk about this probably more in detail, honestly, when I talk about my own team's ranking, but I'll just say shortly, sometimes, uh, I don't know if this is a surprise to anyone, but I kind of get my eyes locked in on a certain player and I'll just do what I need to do to go get them. And over the off season, things I've read and heard and seen about Brandon Ayuk, I kind of just fell in love and decided I needed him. Mm. Nice. that's That's what it was. I can't blame you. I, I really like Brandon Ayuk as well, especially with all the Trey Lance love coming out because you're like, oh, they just starting to cook over there. Mm-hmm. You're, you're thinking you're, tra- you're like, is this the Tyree kill before the next Mahomes comes in? I'm guessing. Yes, that's definitely <laughs> uh, a big part <laughs> yeah. of it. So yeah. we'll see. Uh, and like I said, I'll talk more about the team uh, aspect once we get to the rankings. But yeah. uh, any I big to- free agency news? I know I was pretty bummed that you finally had to cut Tebow. Oh yeah, had to cut Tebow. Um, yeah, it's that one was. Uh, it was fine actually. I I like <laughs> all the people I picked up better now. Um, a couple of notables for me. I really wanted to uh, shout out because I know it feels like we just shit on P- Pit Kings constantly on this <laughs> show, but I thought he's had some of the best waiver wire activity of of anyone um yeah espe- especially i think he went out pretty early and got noah gray and i he was that was someone on my watch list for a while mm-hmm. and i was like man i can't believe he already went I, and i was like i've thought about that ever since still like yeah man bummer I, that he, he got him i think uh one of the best ways to 
kind of scrap is just being a waiver wire, like, what's the word? Just scavenger, I guess, and just kind of seeing what, what happens, pick up guys, see what kind of news comes out of camp, move on. You don't get too attached, and he's definitely made a lot of – he's been active, so that's always good. Yes, and to, to give you an idea, I have seven players on my watch list, and I've, I haven't taken any off, and he owns three of them. Oh, nice. So I've been on the same wavelength. I only have three, and two of them aren't rostered by anyone, and one of them I traded to Rob for uh, Dwayne Haskins, which I'll probably end up regretting, but, you know, mm-hmm. that's okay. You got to do what you got to do. All right. I can't wait any longer. I want to get into these rankings. <laughs> okay. Um, pick a number between one and seven, and depending on y- your guess, I'll tell you if you get to go first. Four. All right, it was three, so you get to go. Oh, okay. Uh, there was I'm no. There was also no logic in that. I don't know what that was, yeah. but you get to go first. So congrats. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I love this game. All right. Okay, everyone. So here it is. My rankings. So I should go ahead and start by saying I absolutely love all of the <laughs> the data that it seems to be flying around about how to how to rank teams. And mm. I and I love it. <laughs> but so I haven't been able to use a computer very much or like been on the computer very much. I've been having some of that like wrist issues. So but I did realize that um, I, since I deleted social media and like a bunch of stuff, like, oh, I'm on the sleeper app a lot. Like I know all the team, <laughs> like I know most, most everyone's team mm-hmm. by heart in a lot of ways. And so I was like, I'm not, I'm going to really just like feel this out. So this is like very little data all except right. for me sort of like in my gut doing going through and doing one thing that's weird, which is I went through week by week and I just sort of looked at everyone's scores as they changed through the year. Hmm. Um, and the reason why it's, it's like, okay, you have your starters in. And one of the things that's strange about dynasty is like, you can't really care about bye weeks, but they do matter. So you get to see how like people's bye weeks are lining up. And I sort of did this, like feel it out, like who do I think has like the easiest schedule or like when you scroll through, it's like, Oh, they're going to, they are winning by like 85, 90, 95% because that person is missing so many starters. And that means like, no matter what, like you can't above replacement that many people. Interesting. So, so that's sort of like what I did to get to my rankings. Um, also, uh, this, I went back and I looked at my screen time on my <laughs> phone. Oh, I should do this right now for the Um, exact same thing and i think that i'm trying to pull it up right now oh wow yeah so (laughs) mine's pretty bad you go first so for the week my sleeper was my number third most used app most time spent above messages ways slack discord spotify (laughs) Oh, I love this. How many like, hours? Let's hear it. Uh, one hour this week. So my weekly ranking is one hour and thirty-four minutes. If I go, okay. So last week, okay, I went back to last week. And other than ways, which is 
not really counted as using an app. It was Safari and Sleeper. And I had three hours and eight minutes. Okay, that's amazing. And also tracks pretty closely because I did pretty much all my ranking stuff kind of starting on Sunday. So, and that's when the, the screen time week begins. So this week, Sleeper is my number one most, oh. <laughs> most used app by almost by over an hour, actually. Uh, and it is three hours and 13 minutes. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. So but that's see, a lot of FaceTime on the old Sleeper. Yeah. And so I thought to myself, like, okay, what, like, what's some data? And I was just sort of clicking around, like, what's something I could use that's sort of, like, different that... Because I know I have a feeling. And so that's what I did. So as, as we go through, mm. I'll do some top tens. But I also have some like big predictions I can't I'm going to make. Um, so. All right. And number 10. I'm going to have. And this person. Uh, this is. This is. Be- so the reason this person is in 10 is because they're going to have a tough opening of the season even before injuries start and once injuries start if anyone gets injured it falls apart and so they're going to be the team that's going to like be forced into the position i think of tanking earliest and be able to do it and it will be good and that team is touchdown to nabby oh yeah all right i i have to say i actually am a little surprised yes and again I was thinking about it too, and it almost no one wants to take, but everyone knows that at some point it becomes the best strategy. Right. And so what I think is that it's very possible that like as I click through the weeks, like if you do this with me and watch Touchdown to Abby, it get like there are some weeks where it's really rough just because of how the bye weeks fall. I think there's only one week where he's project or two weeks maybe only a handful where he's projected to win right now Hmm. and he has some tough tough like matchups with some teams like some like where he's really on tough bye weeks and i am also assuming this takes into account somewhat that like sleepers predictions of strength of schedule for the nfl like how tough are defenses that sure. you could mm-hmm. be up against, which could be totally false, but I was, but this is how I did it, and so I just have this feeling that that might just be how it breaks. Okay, very interesting. I think so. T- my first two thoughts are on on the method. So I'm looking at his team right now, and I see Curtis Samuel uh, is hurt and would probably slot in over uh, Ferkser, which would give him probably mm-hmm. two or three more points a week, and then. Uh, Carson Wentz eventually replacing Darnold maybe could give him some more as well. So I wonder if that would make a big impact. But again, you know, injuries are a part of it. So uh, I I am excited for the rest of the show to hear how this kind of plays out. I, I could see how it could lead to some uh, unique rankings. Yes. And I will say if I if I could really crank out with like my arm – I would really just go through and do a, a weekly projection like that. And I'd be like, and be able to actually type in the data and like fill in the Curtis Samuel blanks and stuff because mm-hmm. wait until I have a, I have a comment about that in a few, in a few <laughs> slots here. Just wait, I'm going to, we're going to have some, a fight brewing. <laughs> um, <right>. But <laughs> that's exciting. Uh, uh, go ahead. But yeah, but 
so yes, it's, it le- I think it's going to lead to some strange results. So, but so Rob, I really just think, and also I think part of it too, it's like, because Rob's team, honestly, is a, George Kittle is, he's the dude like, mm. like, and that's not to, I don't mean that like Marley, like with Marley magic, like Travis Kelsey is the dude on his team. Like for me, it's Alvin Kamara. Like you, you have to have that player, which is great, but that it does mean like, it's tough if you lose that one person. So, and I just, mm. I hope George Kittle holds up. Yes, fair enough. I do too. Uh, just for the sake of getting to watch him hopefully be with Trey Lance. I think that'd be exciting. Oh, yeah. Oh, you are hot. You are heavy on Trey Lance. I am. All right. I like him a lot. <laughs> okay. Right, I'm going to move us on to the number nine. So this will actually be my, I'll do my 10, right? Oh, or, okay. Are we doing all your 10, then my 10? That's what I thought we said. Oh, okay. Now I see what, okay. <laughs> all right. Yes. We're producing on air. This is great. Tell me about your number nine. All right. Um, so number nine, I have the flaming hot cheetahs. Whoa, this is spicy. Yeah. So. So now I did this. I think maybe no, I didn't. So this is without. No, this is with his team. Yeah. With the so, Jacobs trade. Mm-hmm, this is with the Jacobs trade. Okay. So the, the, he is missing Gesicki whenever I'm doing this. All right. So he's missing 10 points. But everyone else is like is in there. And I'm just you know, I think uh, some of it too it's so tough, right? Like and I thought about this a lot with some of these rookie quarterbacks and how and like quarterbacks that aren't good on teams and how they're projecting versus what might actually happen. So for example, Corey Davis is projected at like 12 points and Elijah more is at like 10 just under 10 points and some stuff like that but mm-hmm. zach wilson's only projected at like 14 and so there's a and so i'm starting to think like some players like judy who are at 14 and gesicki at like 12 13 and you're like are kentua and like and drew lock or teddy really hold up that many people that they're projecting i don't know it's just something i've thought about with some of those rookie quarterbacks that's a real thing Hmm. Yeah, I'm interested to see with Judy, like he had, like he got a, he he gets a lot of crap in the kind of grand scheme of things when people talk about his rookie season. But at the same time, like he they literally started a wide receiver as their quarterback one week last year. Yeah. Um. So I think whether it's Teddy or Drew Locke, the fact that he has uh Cortland Sutton back should be huge for his production. So. I don't know. Tua is something I'm, I'm definitely interested. I uh, I have no idea what that's going to look like and if Gusecki will still have a good role because they seem to have like 14 wide receivers on the Dolphins. Yeah, and and it's and it's and he has Waddle too. Who I, I that's the thing. I love all those players. I think they're all amazing. I'm just concerned about I'm concerned about the Washington football team problem of like yeah, there's some like all the skill people are amazing. They just don't have anyone to get them the ball correctly. Hmm. Um, that, may, that may be true. Um, I'm still. I'm a little surprised. I think just because of like looking at the the names on on the starting lineup. So, which this which I would think would benefit a team in your system because uh, it doesn't necessarily take into account the lack of depth. Okay, so this is where so this is where my own this is where the screen time comes in. So on weeks 
where I saw like big gaps mm-hmm. because I, I'm like, oh, I know these teams well enough to know roughly how they could sub against their like perfect lineup now. Okay. And so you can be like, okay, how close is this really mm. going to like how like how much do I think they can really replace over it? Okay. And so like any g- time that like the cheetahs are like at a like more than like twenty percent disadvantage, it's like they don't have the recovery over the top. Where it's like someone mm. like like your team, it's like yeah, he his replacements are not that much below where he is now. Right. So barring catastrophic in- in- injury, he'd be able to handle it better. Okay. So that makes sense. That's where like my own personal bias sort of like just like jumps in there. But this could also, you know, we, we all know how insane injuries go and things like that. So. All right. This is exciting because neither one of these teams are in the, in these spots for me. So I'm liking it so far. So at number eight, I have Pit Kings. Okay. It, and this is because I think the Pit Kings might have one of the easiest schedules. All right. And are you talking about like in our league? Mm-hmm. Okay. In the sense of like, so when you click through like his team now, looks amazing. So this is one of my big predictions too. The Pit Kings will absolutely beat me week seven of this year. I was just on week seven. That's funny you should say that. Yeah, there's a huge difference like, there. Like, yeah, I have like I, I just can't replace that many people relative to my starters. Yeah, every single one of your starting receivers is out. Your yeah. QBs out. Yeah, big. And so this sort of thing happens to all the teams, right? Mm-hmm. Like so that same week, if you look at like the matriarchs, right? Mm-hmm. It's like no quarterback, right? Yeah. So <laughs> things start to get so crazy with the bye weeks. Yeah, this is really interesting. I'm looking at, at Katie's team that week. No Justin Herbert, no Ben Roethlisberger. And then thankfully I get to play her that week. So that's nice uh, with no Dalvin Cook. But yeah, I, I okay, I'm, I'm starting <laughs> to come around on your system a little bit. Um, I'll save my thoughts overall on it towards the end, but this is a cool feature. Thank you. Yeah, also, uh, but the pit, so because of that, the Pit Kings are going to, I think, actually have a really good, a pretty solid start to the year. Okay. And that it, and so, but they're going to be in a position that like it's going to be worth it to battle it out for a playoff spot because like if you look hmm. week eleven, he catches the popular ballers who already has a bunch of bye weeks, and this is with Deshaun Watson in, and so like popular ballers has some interesting stuff going on because of Deshaun. Yes, definitely. Yeah, that's another big one. Yeah, man, th- I'm loving this so much because the way I went about ranking mine and the way I'm going to talk about them are so different than what the conversation we're having right now. I actually am very happy that we're doing it, uh, doing each other's in full because I think we're going to have basically two separate conversations. So this is amazing what you're bringing to the table. Oh, thank you. Um, I cannot wait to hear yours. Oh my goodness. Um, so, so that was pit King. So pit Kings, even given all this stuff, I have you're going to be at number eight. I think you're going to be jockeying to maybe grab that sixth uh, wild card spot. And so okay. that means in seventh place, I have the popular ballers. All right. So the the big tank from last year makes it on the cusp of the playoffs. I think so. Um, 
he has some pretty good um, early matchups. It's it, and this one's really about like you know what what the substitution is with Derek Carr, and I and this mm. is right like that's the big question as you click through for for popular ballers. And I actually happen to think Derek Carr is going to have a good, very good season. I, like most things I've heard out of the camp are good. I think Jacobs and I think Jacobs and Kenyon, especially Kenyon out of the backfield to actually catch the football is going to be huge for Carr. Like all those like rugs and uh, Byron Edwards, like they're just people like coming along. It seems like over in that mm-hmm. camp. Yeah, uh, Brian Edwards has gotten a lot of uh, Edwards, praise. Yeah. And so I'm like, yeah, I think this might be the year that Derek Carr can put it together. And so I'm not giving too terribly much of a drop off. Okay. Off of that 20 points or whatever. From Deshaun. Yeah. Interesting. I, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. And I mean, part of it too, it's like Deshaun, the the Texans are still just really bad. I mean, he had an amazing fantasy year last year, but. Right. <laughs> They're yeah. still, still the Texans. Hmm. Okay. I, I think this is interesting. Is there, uh, I'm curious, did you make any individual adjustments for Kyle Pitts? Oh. Or did you just let that be what it is? <laughs> no, I think Pitt's going off. I think he gets nice. the ball a lot. <laughs> I think he's going to be so good. Because that is some stout projection. Yes. Honestly, I think it it might be on the low side uh, if we're talking about just projected because everyone can picture in their minds, like every single person listening to this podcast last year, at some point face someone's tight end that you were just so pissed that scored like 40 points, whether it was Katie with Wall- uh, Waller or Kelsey or like a couple weeks that Kittle played because these guys will get like 10 catches and that right there is like 25 points. So I yeah. know Pitts is going to have some of those games. And it's going to be infuriating. Yes, exactly. And I, th- I really think like how we were talking about all those people we just mentioned as like your crown jewel of your team, like your real, like can drag you out of some tough weeks just on their own. Mm-hmm. I think Pitts will be able to be that. I think Matt Ryan's good enough to get him the ball eight yards of him to run another eight yards, 10 times a game, every game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I know the popular ballers will be singing a happy tune if that's the case. Yeah. And uh, you know, what can I say? That's, this is what, when I click through what I was, what it was seeming like to me. Um, but I do think he has a tough, uh, a tough end of the end of the season. He has a couple tough, ones that, and that's where he might just slip out of the wild card so next all right up. well it's guaranteed that with this next one you're halfway through and we won't have a single team in the same slot so keep going oh excellent so at number six this is the person who's going to be getting a little bit of it's, it's actually more admiration i said it was going to be mad i actually thought it was so funny and po- like ironic but I have Marley Magic coming in six, making the playoffs oh. in the wild card spot. Nice, very cool. Uh, Marley Magic, the kind of underdog from last season to squeak into the playoffs. You you think he can get back there? I do. I, I think the the Rojo trade helps him tremendously with like one of his biggest gaps, Travis Kelsey still. But I will say my method doesn't really work on Marley Magic because he was doing the same thing where he like, it's just, they're just empty slots. Like Mm. Marlon Mack and just like a literal empty flex (laughs) spot. So like. You had to do some extra work for him. Yeah. So, and so the projecting like the extra players up into the lineup is a little bit more difficult for me, but. It's funny. 
yeah, so he ahead. so well so he just sort of ended up i was like i can't really tell but he has like even with that he he's having he's never too far behind on any in, like he's far behind on some weeks but it's the same behindness which makes me think like oh his weeks he's actually staying pretty like level uh right. he, he, his bye weeks are pretty well distributed for him and he's probably like 15 to 25 points shy on some of these yes that's interesting so it's funny i'm just now realizing that a few days ago i asked for people to set their lineups as if they were week one and I, it was not because of you and your method, which some people might have thought that's why after listening to this, but it's actually related to something completely different and actually not even something that I will reveal right now. Um, so very, very funny. Uh, I'm guessing Ryan didn't see that message though. Yeah. And not a big deal. I mean, it's, it was just for fun, but but yeah, that that's sort of... So for him, I put him right back working his magic because that's all I could do. Bad data, garbage data in. Uh, but I love uh, it. yeah, his his uh, week thirteen is going to be tough. Uh, so, anyways, all, all right. right. So, top five. Next. All right. So, in fifth place, this might be the most shocking one. I think it's probably the most shocking. Is I have the matriarchs. Ooh, the reigning champ. Yeah, I still think she can have. That's the thing. None of this. <laughs> this is only re- works for regular season. I. It's no right. playoff prediction. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but it's because she has a horrendously tough schedule mm. for bye weeks. Okay. But she is pretty good at subbing in. But like you, like she has some weeks where it seems like it's going to be like where other teams are at absolute max without injuries. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be tough. And like her weeks that she catches, like a good week or against teams that she would probably have like the advantage over. Okay. You just read my mind. I, that was the next topic I was going to kind of ask alongside of the discussion was, uh, how much you looked at that. Cause it, it's, it's ironic. Funny is probably a harsh word. It doesn't matter. She and she won, but last year, like that was one of the matrix biggest problems, right? Was they were having these amazing weeks, but always playing like the highest scoring team. And so you oh. would, you would, I guess, want to see like the weeks that she has a lot of bye weeks. Like she's playing one of the teams you have ranked lower. But if she's playing the harder teams, then then that sucks, and vice versa. Oh yes. Also, I have to say this whole thing goes to pot because I was I forgot about including the the top half scoring point. <laughs> that's true. Um, but but it does change a lot. Okay. But I mean, but a lot of it's like your percentages, anyways, right? Yeah. Like, that, that's those those wins are going to be there either way. Yeah. So so that so maybe that will affect it and make it like play out very not like this at all. But so, so but <laughs> I had funny. the matrix I didn't even think there about that because of just tough tough matchups. Um then we have so that's number 5, number 4 we have the God Kings. Okay. Um, All right, getting into the uh, people that get to play at home during the playoffs here. Mm-hmm. And so for the God Kings, it's it's very much like his his depth, I think, could be tough this year. Mm. Um, and he has some crappy, some crappy matchup weeks, potentially. Now, the thing is, he still has Rodgers. 
and Devontae Adams. Like he still has big, some big guns going who can pop off for more than their projection. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just some some tough weeks where he 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 just doesn't catch a lot of good luck on buys, especially with the stack. Kind of like my stack. It's it's almost like the more you stack, the more just auto losses you give up. So like me, yeah, with my especially if you had stack, like two stacks and then they somehow had the same buy week, that'd be rough. Yeah, or like actually, that might be with, better. <laughs> well, yeah. So that's the thing. I'm not sure, but the the cut like the Cousins Jefferson Thielen stack kills me. And then for him, like he's not even playing, but Robert Tun- like Tunyon, mm. Adams, and Rogers could all be theoretical starters, you know? Right. But Tunyon is like his best sub off the bench. So like that week, he's not going to be able to use him to flex in for Devontae Adams and some stuff like that. Um, That's fair. Th- this is making me think of some crazy stuff. Like obviously, this wouldn't apply for Dynasty, but I wonder. I'm sure that someone's tried this. I'd be curious to see the results. But if you tried to identify, like, the once you knew your draft position in a, in a regular fantasy league, the the team that you could draft uh, as close as possible to every single starter and, like, your key bench pieces all had the same bye week. And so you, like, intentionally stacked the the players you were drafting from those teams so that you pretty much guarantee yourself one loss and have your full roster the rest of the year. I wonder what that would look like. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've always gone by the opinion when I'm drafting, I don't look at bye weeks at all anymore. Yeah. Same. I don't either. And so it's kind of similar, but yeah, like I've never thought about if it would be worth it to intentionally stack buys. Um, maybe it would just take the L that week and Yeah. It'd be fun to try at least and see. Yeah, or just for your starters. So all your starters have the right. same buy, and then all your bench have different buys, and then you call it a day. Yeah. Um, interesting. Okay. So in Top third three. place, Ooh. then I have myself, the Bruce Matthews. All right. I feel like I actually have a pretty decent schedule. Um, and then because I have the really heavy stacked week seven buys. Yes. I did see that. And so because of that, like once I get past that week, I have some, I think I have at least two 95 or higher percentages right now. Mm. And you know what I'm, and so like, I really do think I have like, I think I might struggle at the beginning, but towards the end have a pretty good shot. Cause like, I think the Packers bye week is at the end of the season for Brady. Yeah, it is. Oh, and the Titans are on the same bye, So he loses Rogers and Tannehill that week. Oh, so, that'll be really tough. Yeah. So this is, so, so that was going to be another like prediction. It's like, I think that I will win that week against God Kings. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, he'll have to make a tr- probably an end season trade to cover that hole, depending yeah. on what the season looks like at that point. Yeah. So, and you know, I will say, I think there's so much better ways, like we using actual data to, to do this stuff. And so I hope that other people like I would kind of just wanted to go through the, this way and be like, oh, can we figure out something really pretty cool to predict it with? Yeah, this is fun. Uh, um, so. And I would love to to come back to this at the end of the year and see how close it was. Yes. All, All right. right. So number two. I have 
the winner faces. All right, the Brahma Bull. Indeed, indeed. Um, and this is just as much out of like very solid team. Like as you as I move through the weeks, he's just like like the first five weeks he has or six weeks he has just he just feels like he doesn't lose any anyone to buy weeks and he just keeps on rolling through mm. especially relative to the other teams but then he does so here's something he's he's gonna have a tough time against you week nine and i feel like that's like i'll, I'll go into this because yeah we'll get there but um but that's like a tough bye week for him but yeah he has a he has some a crushingly good schedule i think he's very like He's not too stacked anywhere, and he has great subs. I think he has a great season. But, so this is it. The number one team I have as the Gotham Knights. Yeah, baby. Okay. And I actually have another prediction, which I think that you have an amazing chance of going undefeated. Oh, gosh. That's terrifying. Um, And this is, you know, this is like barring... Obviously, crazy stuff happens, but as I click through the weeks, you have a couple of like early tough matches, and then like you have some some games where I'm like, oh, Hunter is like gonna be able to hold his own. And on your heavy bye week, for example, you catch the Pit Kings also in a heavy bye week. So even on a heavy mm-hmm. bye week, you still have the advantage. Um. When you play the matriarchs, you're already at eighty percent because she's missing Herbert and Ro- that's the Herbert and Roethlisberger week. So that's like another like chance. And th- I'm only saying this because I know that they're so rare. And so like I don't think it will actually happen, right. prob- probability wise. But I think it like if it were going to happen, and then because the week nine, the ninety five percent on Wyatt, who's going to be missing Tom Brady, Chris Carson, Chris Godwin, Terry McLaurin all in the same week. Wow. Man, I tell you what, if um, if that happened, it would be hilarious and it would be great content for the podcast. Uh, I would, I feel like with my loss and I don't know, maybe like another year around football, like my villainous status kind of like, it mellowed a little bit, but that <laughs> would for sure bring it back uh, in full swing. I also think would be I would just be terrified if I went undefeated and went to the playoffs. Like I know, I don't like because this isn't a real sport. Like I I probably would legit just rather lose one in the regular season because <laughs> that would be so nerve wracking. It would also be euphoric to go completely undefeated. Like that would be a dream come true. So yeah, I mean, man, that's crazy. Um, I. Also, I, I just was looking back. Uh, I didn't realize, or I mean, I f- forgot that I only lost two games last year, which seems crazy. Like, I've only seen a few teams win that many games. I definitely got lucky in a few weeks, but um, it definitely, I mean, I guess it's possible if I got close last year. Yeah. So. Like, yeah, I think it's definitely po- like possible. Again, I'm not trying to say it's definitely going to happen, but I do no. think... The, like, because, like, for example, like, Wyatt has some great subs who can come in, too. Like, it's not like, like, but you'll still have, like, a high, much higher percentage chance than maybe, like, you would week one. Essentially, I think you're getting a favorable matchup in some key weeks. Right. Which is great. And I think the other 
thing that would be interesting is so before bye weeks like really kick off and and get going, two of my first three opponents are popular ballers and uh, touchdown Abby, uh, which is helpful when you're playing you know someone else's full squad if you think their team is worse than yours. But uh, Brady week two, I feel like that that could put it into the the threat yes. right there. So. Yeah, I think I think Brady week two is is a key matchup. I also have um was it it was actually the quarter bowl quarter bowl week eight um yeah i think i'm gonna that one could be uh i think i might be okay there but that that's the other one that could be because i think i'm only missing one my hollywood brown yeah that'll be a good a good game for sure so um but yeah, so that's that. I also have another big matchup alert. I'm very excited when I was going okay. through, and I am stoked around the matchup week nine because of how I think these, where I have them ranked, and how I think like the season might be going for them at that time potentially is week nine popular ballers against matriarchs. Mm. Um. Yeah, it's like some be a rubber match. Yeah, some pretty everyone's at full strength around at that time. Uh, it's a nice close like match, but some tough some tough defensive opponents for the matriarchs teams. That was like one where like they're both at full strength and popular ballers has the advantage over like who they're playing against. Right. So we'll see. Man, how I that can't goes, wait. But, I I yeah. cannot wait for the season to start. <laughs> I know. This is amazing. Well, that was Ooh. awesome. I am glad that we did it differently, and I'm glad that like we were able to give your rankings a uh, time to shine. This would be like the coaches in the AP poll, so we'll see who uh, you know different methods produce different results. Everybody knows that. So um, I'll just go ahead and kind of describe my process, and then I'll yes. I'll jump in. All right. So um, none of you can see my screen, but I have a. Uh, I did this all in a note on my iPhone. I should have had an Excel spreadsheet. Uh, there's lots of scrolling involved. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> but here's what I did. Um, I went through every roster and uh, combed through every position. And I ranked every position on every roster uh, with a score. Uh, the thing was, not every position has the same maximum amount of points, right? So the uh, the position with the highest point value was wide receiver and the reason i did that was because one there's three of them that start uh, it's also a deeper position so you're more likely to use them in your flex uh, and then with ppr uh, those types of things as well uh, then for example uh, tight end only gets six possible points but if you have uh, like a kelsey waller kittle uh, type of player for this coming season they can actually break the tight end mold and score you more than the possible six points. Yes. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So that's that was part A. Part B uh, was I ranked every team one through ten with the good old fashioned eye test. Right. Okay. I just scrolled through. I had a I had a pencil and a paper, and I was just kind of like, okay. I looked at every everything really in depth without looking at my scores yet. Where should this team be? Right. Um, and so that was a a little less than a third of the formula. Uh, another piece was um, I went through every roster 
and I gave every team uh, this was an unlimited amount, so they could get you know up to every player on their roster is eligible for one of these. It was called a hunter point. Okay, a hunter point was given out to any player that I just re- really think is awesome and can have a good season, or that I just like. Yeah. Okay. Understood. Um, so the the positional numbers, the rankings of the eye test and then the hunter points all went into a formula. Uh, and actually the ranking that you had actually included a subtraction element uh, of points. Um, so it, it got kind of crazy. Uh, my goal was a, a team scoring a hundred would be like a juggernaut. Um, and I actually did pretty well because my top two teams were right, right around that. So all that jabber, um, here's what I'm going to do. I'll go through and talk about these, and I'll make sure to post in Sleeper and in Slack the point totals at the end so everybody can see them. Um, I'll wait till the episode's been out for a couple days so that people can listen to this live. But uh, I'll probably mention them throughout because the the number, the, some of them are so close. Like Literally, there are three teams that are separated by three points. So like, I want you to focus more on that than on what position you got in your ranking. All right, without further ado, the number 10 team was with a score of 45, the popular ballers. Mm, okay. So um, I also, I forgot to mention one of the categories was depth, uh, depth and trade assets because we all know that during the season, you know, you can fork up some of those trade assets to go acquire a player. If you're having a good season, maybe you don't want to tank anymore. So that's a part of this too. The popular ballers had the lowest uh, depth and asset score. Um, They only got two out of 10 on that. Uh, They also had the lowest quarterback score because I'm imagining that Deshaun Watson doesn't play in 2021. Um, Now, if that were to change, this would obviously bump them way up, but uh, they they got a decent running back score, uh, but that's about it. Okay. Understood. I have uh did you have any players you starred for them? Yes. So the popular ballers got seven hunter points. Okay. So they had seven players on their team that I think are awesome and have a good chance of like being breakout stars or or like good fantasy players to have on your team. Um those I'll probably I'll try to mention the hunter points on every every roster because you would think that I would have had it the most, but I actually didn't. Somebody's <laughs> roster had more than mine, so uh, we'll get there. All right, in ninth place with a score of 55 points, so we've moved up a whole 10 points here, a little separation, is the Pit Kings. All right, the Pit Kings um, had very average scores on most positions, uh, but the wide receiver position is where I really kind of dinged them, giving them a 4 out of 15 on that one. Um they also had seven hunter points, so about the same as as Aaron, but um, just a lot of average stuff. I think the the depth hurt them as well. Um, but one more thing I'll say, a little more specific about their team, is I'm a little worried about Ceh Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, I know I had him and I did like him when I had him, but then like the more the year went on, I kind of got scared of him as a player, maybe thinking like. I got too hyped up and just the idea of a running back going to Kansas city and not like who he really was as a player. Um, and I'm looking at some of his projections, like 17 points a week. And I'm just not sure if I, I buy that. I see. So you're, you're, so this is partial, uh, a lot due to, you think he's getting some overestimations right now. 
Yes. So like, that's why I think you could look at your method and even the projected points and stuff and look at mine and see where the difference is. Um, because week one, he's projected the same amount of points as Wyatt, which is crazy to me. Um, but I let my personal rankings of the players dictate the position rankings. It was not based on like, like I didn't go to like fantasy pros or keep trade cut and like see where these players were ranked. I literally just studied them myself and was like, Oh, I think this team has two RB ones and an RB three, but no RB two, like that type of stuff. I, I, that's how detailed I tried to go. Okay. Nice. So now, so this is where I, I, uh, Trey Lance is sitting in the old taxi squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is projected at 1.45 points. And <laughs> Jimmy G is projected at 20.14. And I do think that uh, if Trey Lance does play, that means like that dude's going to be going yard. Yeah, I think Lance has the potential to be the best fantasy quarterback from the draft. Um with just the offense and I, I think fields will probably give him a run for his money if he is successful. But I think there's going to be a lot of, a lot of good rushing games from, from Lance uh, where he just lights it up. So that would also change a lot about this team if he ends up being successful this season. Um, but I just kind of went with what I had for the pick Kings. Okay. All right. So we had 45 and 55. Now the band of six, seven, eight is the most like, sweaty okay so this is where you really have to uh remember to focus on your number not as much the the uh the ranking so coming in with a score of 67 i have touchdown abby okay the crazy thing about this is i made a change yesterday uh i went through to just double check everything and i had a change in another team that bumped them down i actually had them a one up before but touchdown abby at eighth uh, very close. I think he could be a playoff team this year. Love his receivers. Uh, love the tight ends. He's got uh, some picks. Got a kind of average depth. Um, the quarterback situation scares me a bit with Wentz and Darnold. Uh, just not sure how to feel about those guys. And then the running back situation also scares me. Yes. Because um, I don't like David Montgomery or Fournette. But uh, I did give him uh, two points over for having George Kittle. So he has an eight out of six on tight end. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's what I was going to say. All, I feel like his players are just like people who just blow the roof off or are like, yeah, they're fine. Like right. Corey Davis, like, yeah, he's fine. He's a good solid player, but George Kittle, like it, it, that's how I feel like all of his team is. It's like a bunch of like, oh, that's a nice player, and then some real explosive people, and then like Ferkser. Right. Like Josh Allen, Tyree Kill, and George Kittle each week could score like 30 plus points by themselves, and that can give him a win if the other guys just kind of like show up. Yeah, exactly. And last year he didn't have, uh, what's his face? George Kittle. And he was you know it hurt him yeah. i also think his team is just a little better in general than it was last year because of his quarterback situation darnold's in he's got wince now so we'll see i i know this eight is probably not what you wanted to hear rob but when you hear the next two teams numbers i think you'll be happy okay so touchdown abby at eight 67 going up to number seven this is i think the most shocking one that i have 
the most hot take, I guess. And I actually have the Bruce Matthews here with a score of 68. So here's why I put you at a 68. Um, Oh, also real quick, Rob had uh, 700 points. (laughs) So the first three teams, all the same. Um, Bruce Matthews only had 500 points. Uh, which I believe is the lowest in the league, which is hilarious. So wait, and, so so you are the most personally biased against my team. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So Good. There, you have the least amount of players that I like, um, which I, it's funny, I, w- I haven't done this, but I wonder what the correlation is between total hunter points and just the overall outcome, because <laughs> it's got to be pretty high. Um but obviously your team uh, is up here in, at seven. So uh, your tight end was a, was a, a downer. Um, I ha- had you at a one out of six on that one because I, I have some doubts about uh, Jonu's role in the passing game in New England. Um, g- good receiver score, good running, really good running back score, above average quarterback score, and uh, decent depth, about, about a 50% uh, depth rating. But the 100 points definitely hurts. <laughs> Yeah, so, so you just don't like my team. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. Uh, also, I'm a big Janu believer. I think that that's dude, good. It, like, I really think like out of my team, I'm like, oh, that ten points is low. He's gonna be in the thirteen. Hmm. I mean, I like him as a player. I liked him as a player with the Titans, even when I wasn't really supposed to. But um, I don't know. Just <laughs> Cam Newton, and they've got like three other tight ends. So I, I have no idea what they're gonna do up there, but I guess it could work out. Yeah, and I, which is fair. I'm also pretty stoked on Adam Troutman potentially doing something this year as the number one in New Orleans if Jameis plays. Yeah, he's a guy that I would like to have on my team, but I know that he's probably not. I, I can't make myself pay in a trade what it would take for someone else who believes in him to give him up. So I'm just like admiring him from afar. Yeah, and we'll see. He could just block. He just block. So. That's true. So, uh, Bruce Matthews, only one point above touchdown Nabby. All right. So earlier, I think I, I lied or maybe I wasn't paying attention, but this is the first position we have in common. And it was by an, <laughs> another singular point. So bumping up from you at 68, we have in sixth place the Marley Magic with 69 points. Oh, my god. Which gosh. is absolutely hilarious. That that is, of all so teams, um, that Marley Magic would score 69 Um this is the team I actually bumped up. Uh, after re-looking at his wide receiver core, I kind of realized that I, I love it. Uh, the starters are amazing. Uh, his wide receiver starters are amazing. Um, the depth is what hurts this team, in my opinion. Because um, the quarterbacks, his two starters are great, but then there's a drop-off. Uh, running backs are a big question mark. I may Honestly, I think I may be low on his running backs because I'm not a big believer in ETN. But if he proves me wrong, this could be a, a top-four team, I think, this year. So that's kind of my spicy uh, take on them. Six hunter points. So um, not as many as the bottom guys, but more than more than you had. All right. So at this point, we have another jump up, and this will put us at into the seventies. So at seventy-four points, I have the cheetahs um, in fifth place. I had a really hard time ranking the cheetahs. Uh, I had them actually pretty low before the Jacobs trade uh, and mm. this this really helped them out because the the boost that I gave them to their running back score was a lot more than what I docked them from going from Ayuk to Landry in that trade so they had 800 points 
uh, which I believe is the most of all the teams I've read so far. And they also have a lot of depth and assets if they want to trade in the season. So that that gave them another boost. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, not a great tight end score because Gusecki is kind of the hope, right? Because I don't think people are expecting Fryermuth, you know, to do much year one. Um, so that's a big concern for, for his team, I think, as well. Yeah. And and I think, I don't know, how. what was his depth score? That That was the thing that hurt me like like as i was going through yeah so the cheetah's depth score was a six out of ten okay uh because i i went more with i made depth more important than tradable assets but it it did factor in so he got a little help there but the depth wasn't as great as as some other teams okay all right so now we're into the top four um so i think we have the same top four did you ha- where did you have the matriarchs? I can't remember. At five. Oh, so we don't even have the same top four. Um, so at number four with a score of 80, so jumping up a- another good bit from the Cheetahs, I have the God Kings. Um, I have to say I was really impressed with Brady's team going through it, and I actually have an asterisk next to his team because I think there's one pretty simple trade not like a specific like player for player but a type of trade that if he made it i think it would force me to vault him up uh it would boost him up just to one spot but it would really close the gap between the two top teams so for the god kings he had um 10 hunter points um which is a a lot putting him in the double digits there quarterback score i think he has Mm, the second highest in the league, eight out of ten, uh, and then let's see what else did, did I? Oh, wide receivers were amazing, thirteen out of fifteen on that. So that's kind of what I think about Brady's team this year. Uh, I just think the running backs are hurting. Mm. Okay. So, and you mean like because his he doesn't have like a real bell cow style running back. At yes, yeah. really at all. Um, and like, I want that to be Gibson. Like, I hope he has a great year. But like, physically, I just we know he's not going to be that type of player. Yeah, he. I think w- what you're talking about is he has probably. I bet you Brady has both of his running backs who are like between like ten and eighteen, like right in the middle mm-hmm. of the starters. Right. Okay. Yes. So Antonio Gibson was twelve, and Miles Sanders was twenty-two last year. So no top ten running back. Yes, and I think uh, the reason that that hurts a, a team with the way I ranked it is because the way I kind of weighted the, the running back position was more, you're, you got a higher number for uh, having at least three like uh, RB2 or higher with at least one of those needing to be an RB1. Mainly because I think there's just, the injuries happen so uh, commonly to those guys that uh, you almost have to have another one to plug in and then you need to have like two or three guys that could fill a spot due to injury and the guys that he had he does have some of those I just I'm not crazy about any of them like Philip Lindsay or Gordon or Jerry McKinnon so yeah. I think if he shored that up it could boost him a lot all right the top three will go up this is another close gap from God Kings at 80 to Matriarchs at 82. So Katie's at three this year for me at 82. Um, she had nine hunter points. So another pretty high number. 
her biggest weakness to me was the quarterbacks, uh, especially that week where she's not even going to have a starter, uh, except for, or she, yeah, she, <clears throat> excuse me, she will be missing at least one starter. That'll hurt. Um, don't know how much Big Ben has left, and New England. I talked about those guys. So, average depth and assets five out of ten, uh, but really good receiver and running back. So even with Derrick Henry and Zeke, I think there's a lot of uh, like two guys that I'm kind of wishy washy on. I think she should be okay. Yeah, I mean, I re- yeah, I like her wide receivers a lot too. Yeah, what what? And you said she had middle depth is that right yeah i gave her i gave her five out of ten on depth okay and honestly that was all depth uh (laughs) pretty much like she doesn't have a ton of like draft picks that i would want to trade for she has like my third but then a bunch of late rounds um the other kind of things i considered trade assets were like younger players that like have no chance at playing. So like maybe Rashad or Rashad Bateman probably could play this year if he's healthy. But uh, players like that, I would gave a, a point for because maybe she trades a young promising piece for like an older guy to push into the playoffs. I see. Okay. Um. So everybody had those. All right. Up next, we have the team with the most. Nope, I'm wrong. Okay, up next, mm-hmm. a, pr- a pretty big jump here from 82 points at the Matriarchs all the way up to 101. I have myself, the Gotham mm-hmm. Knights. So this team has the second most 100 points at 12, which is a big jump from what we've been looking at. Uh, I gave myself a perfect wide receiver score because of the depth and kind of the breadth of receivers I have. Uh, very high depth I have 8 out of 10 for myself on that because I, I really like a lot of my replacement guys. Um, and I also had ranked myself first in the eye test, but uh, I think the main reason I didn't finish first is because my running backs took a hit when I got rid of Jacobs. Mm, okay. So, you know, I told you guys I was super pumped about Brandon Ayuk. I think he's a star, like future first-round pick. I mean, future like like wide receiver one, like top ten wide receiver. Uh, but all that to be said, I did have amazing running back depth, and now I don't. Yeah, and you had to trade it probably because you have a little you have a little fear in the back of your head about some <laughs> some injuries coming on and some some people getting old and the Saints yes. being stupid. Literally, <laughs> all of my wide receivers give me a headache <laughs> yeah. because. Uh, like, I'll just go through them. Michael Thomas, not going to play the first six weeks of the season. Um, Kenny Galladay, like, playing with Daniel Jones and has been hurt. Uh, let's see, what else can we stress out about? Deontay Johnson, like, dropped the most passes of any player in the league last year. <laughs> yeah. Julio Jones, might not have legs that work anymore and plays for the Titans that already have A.J. Brown. So yeah, And they only throw the ball, like, a, a hundred times a season. It's just, so he's got to make right. the most of it. <laughs> And like I said, all those guys could be like top 10 wide receivers. Like I genuinely believe that. Um, But at the same time, if all of that goes wrong, then Gotham Knights, not looking pretty. Yeah, but you did get Ayuk. But I did get Ayuk, so so that helps a lot. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where the perfect wide receiver score comes in. Um, and I mean, even though I, I have some doubts on those guys, like I believe in them or they wouldn't be on my team. Like I think they're all amazing. Um, I, and I even think I'm higher on them than some others. Like I believe Michael Thomas will come back fine. I believe Deontay Johnson is a wide receiver one. I believe that Julio will be fine. But if I'm wrong, you know. <laughs> so that's where we're at. Um, so with that being said, after a 101 by yours truly, that means our first place team is the winner faces at 102 points. So the Ayuk trade actually bumps me below him. Uh, I, I actually had myself ranked above him before this, but that knocked me out. So Wyatt had the most hunter points at a grand total of 13. Um, it is officially the only team in the league that I, I, I also did this just kind of for fun. I went through every roster and imagined that I woke up one day and this was now my team mm-hmm. to, to see like how I would feel. And I decided that Wyatt's was the only team that I would be like happy that that happened. Um, he's got way too many guys on his team that I love and like wish that I had. And I think it's because we probably listen and follow some of the same analysts. Um, and I've grown to kind of view stuff like they do over the years. So that's part of it. Um, but then also just, he has young guys that just make me excited, which I know this is a season long thing, but, um, like Terry McLaurin and CD lamb, Irv Smith, uh, even Debo, Justin Fields, Joe Burrow, the, it just goes on. Trey Sherman, Chenault. Like, it's really not fair. These are, like, the guys I want on my team. Um, so I think for him, the biggest thing that could bust him up is the running backs. And even though he has a lot of options, um, for this season, here's what could go wrong in my opinion. Austin Eckler is great, and in PPR should always be an RB1 if he can stay healthy. Um, he's small, and if they use him a ton, we already saw last year, that can backfire and get him hurt. So after that, like Chris Carson is always going to miss a game. I feel like every year he misses one or two games. And then the other guys on the bench are just like all about their potential. Like uh, James Robinson, is he still going to have the same kind of opportunity? Damian Harris, don't really know about him. Kareem Hunt, like, I don't know. So he's stacked. Uh, he has, let's see, the last number I'll give was his depth score was the second highest behind mine, 7 out of 10. Yeah, that's, and I'm sure his asset score was insane, right? Yes, he yeah. had the, by far the most of anyone. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense to me as well. Because I think a lot of my players that are great and on the bench are kind of like, people that don't hold trade value very well. They're people that I personally believe in or uh, are older players, but like a lot of you guys don't like them or in general, people don't like them. But Wyatt's are like young, attractive, promising people. (laughs) Yeah, he has some beautiful, beautiful young players on that team. Yes. Um, And I will say the nice thing that's, or what's amazing is if Eckler does get hurt in his catastrophic scenario, he gets He's got that Justin second Jackson. round. Well, he gets a second round pick too. Oh, in the right. conditional trade. I completely forgot about that. So even if that happens, he'll pick up an extra pick. Very true. I I completely forgot about that. So so yeah, that just makes it even better for him. But I mean, even like Gabriel Davis didn't even mention him. Um, yeah, it just the list goes on and on. He's 
he's got a couple guys that I think he can cut relatively easy to get down. Uh, but then after that, he's going to have to make one, I think, really hard choice um, unless he trades. Also, I didn't even mention, uh, like, Justin Fields has a super high ceiling, I think, as a fantasy player for the first year. If the Bears let him get back there and run around, could be huge. And he already has three amazing other quarterbacks. Ah, uh, So, that's it. And I, I did not... Uh, rank him first out of like spite i genuinely think it's it's the best team so i think the system worked out perfectly amazing amazing i love it i have a feeling you'll be closer um i i am curious so with your tight ends mm-hmm. on your team what what did you give yourself as a tight end score because i know that you're a big tight end fan Yes. So I gave myself a four out of six. Okay. Um, and the main reason I did that is not because I think Noah Fant is a four by himself. I actually, so I, I mainly used the starter for those numbers for the tight ends. Um, but some people got bonuses if they had like good backups or, or like two high level ones. Like the Pit Kings got a really good one. But I did Noah Fant. It was a three out of six on his own. But I think Logan Thomas uh, like bumped it up one extra point. Mm, because you had him to, as the backup right mm, mm-hmm. okay and i think he last year honestly and i mean maybe this year probably not on my team but he, uh i think he'll score enough points because of the premium that he he could be in the flex conversation i mean he was the white he was the third t- tight end overall last year yeah um and like i didn't play him lots of weeks because it was just tough to choose between him and fan um but it makes me very happy about one of the two of them you know carrying me yeah, that's fair. I just, they're they're not going to get neither of them are going to have those elite Kittle, Waller, Kelsey type of weeks, right? Right. Except Logan Thomas had some pretty big ones, right? Like some thirties. He did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess with Fitzmagic, like who knows? He, he locks on to certain people, and maybe maybe it's Logan Thomas. Maybe I'd be I'd be pumped about that. So yeah, that's kind of the. The old rundown, that was my secret sauce, uh, the crazy formula. I hope uh, popular ballers and pick kings don't get too down about <laughs> how small their numbers are, but, you know, things can change in a flash. Uh, that six, seven, eight band, I'm keeping my eyes on you guys for the playoff chase, and I think the cheetahs could also um, explode and, and kind of end up towards the bottom with a, another injury. Yeah, yeah, the injuries are tough. Starting to, I don't know. There's just so many cues on everyone's board now. That yeah. I, I know Noah had in the flaming hot cheetahs had the worst one with Cam Akers very early, but it's starting to look scary for everyone every day. I feel like. Yeah, it gets, and it always does this every year. I think I said in Slack one day, I was like, "Man, I forgot about injuries. Like, I just, I wish nobody ever got injured." Yeah. It's a bummer, but. But that's all I have. Spicer, this was a great show. Uh, I loved that we did it the way we did. And I'm very excited to hear the league's thoughts. Me too. Can't wait to hear from all y'all. All right, y'all. Well, a few days after this is posted, I'll make sure to... Uh, I'll, I may even just post the whole ranking score so you so you all can see uh, everything that I did and kind of give your feedback on that. So, all right. Well, I think it's time to sign off. As always, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.
brought to you by Magiano Productions. Just, just, just.